the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome to The Advocate. I'm your host, Nick Phillips. And with me is... Co-host, Kathy Lux. Kathy, we're back again together. We are. How are you, Nick? Another week. These weeks are flying by. Yes. And uh, tonight uh, and today, since we are in... um, the, the late autumn, early winter, we're talking about flu season, and who better to talk to about that than Kevin Brennan from the Calgary County Board of Health. Kevin, thank you for joining us, as always. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Kevin, you've been on our show for how many years now? <laughs> talking. Yeah, several at least, right? Yeah, at least with COVID when that started long ago. Yeah. But um, you were watching the news every day, and we were hearing about what's going on with the flu, what's going on with COVID, what's going on with RSV. Uh, how are we doing here in Cuyahoga County? Well, I, I, so let's start with flu. We have very high levels of flu activity at the moment. Uh, over the past two weeks, we've seen 250 people uh, admitted to hospitals for influenza-associated illness. Uh, collectively, on the flu season, which is very young still, as, as you all know, uh, we are nearing 370, 380 people total on the season. The scary thing about that is that that total to date in what we call week 48, or in week 48 of the surveillance period, which is about 32 weeks long, uh, but it rolls over at week 52 and goes back to number one. So we really, we go from like October all the way through April. And um, the numbers that we are experiencing right now, that 370 approximately total I referenced, is higher than the hospitalizations for the last 11 years combined to this point in the flu season. So we have a tremendous amount of activity. uh, So we're really recommending that people, you know, do what they can to protect themselves and and go find a uh, flu vaccine if you have not already done so. Kevin, can you speak to what the predominant symptoms are of this particular flu? Well, it depends, Kathy, on what strain particularly affects you, uh, because there are several strains that make um, make up the flu. And what they try to do every year is they try to do the best they can to forecast and target what the predominant strains might be. And what we do is we look at, you know, since we have opposite seasons with uh, like Australia, so we look at what's happening during our summer is their winter. And sometimes we can forecast uh, a little better what, what may strike here in the United States based on what we're seeing there. And the predominant strain that we're seeing is H3N2 which over the past 40 years has probably been the predominant strain 60 to 70% of the time. It's mm-hmm. just a very aggressive strain that tends to produce higher fevers, mm-hmm. uh, tends to um, push people more towards uh, you know, uh, more fatigue, and then it ends up uh, eventually statistically that we end up with more fatalities uh, in a season when we see H3N2 as the predominant strain. Is it more respiratory, stomach? What is it both? Well, you know, with flu, we're looking at it, you know, uh, from from the chest up predominantly. So okay. it's respiratory, right? So it is, it, it runs 
thing that we always are scared about, in, especially in our populations that are compromised, you know, from a health standpoint, their immune systems aren't as strong, is that flu can lead to things like pneumonia, uh, or if you're asthmatic or you have breathing difficulty already, or you may have heart difficulty, uh, flu can be a tremendous strain on the system. So, you know, the reason we, we really want to zero in on vaccine is because it minimizes your symptoms should you get it. Uh, and it will likely prevent you be, uh, from becoming hospitalized. So, yeah. Wow. Well, let's, let's take a short break. We're talking to Kevin Brennan from the Cuyahoga County Board of Health, and we're talking about the flu season and what's going on here. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words, so don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips and Kathy, Kathy Lux here on WHK. Stay yeah, with us. Welcome back to The Advocate. This is your host, Nick Phillips. Kathy Lux. Kathy Lux. And we're talking to Kevin Brennan from the Cuyahoga County Board of Health about the flu season. And, uh, Kevin, we're talking about the, the numbers here in Cuyahoga County. Is there some reason that the medical people over at the Board of Health are talking about as to explaining why we have so many? Well, we think it's sort of you know, a melting pot of things, Nick. And I think it's the fact that, you know, um, we have everybody sort of in a relaxed state for the first time in three years, meaning in terms of travel, not, you know, um, wearing masks nearly as, as much as we used to, not social distancing like we used to. Um, so those things, you know, those what we call mitigation strategies or prevention methods, those were very effective during, you know, the, the high peak of, of the first two years of COVID. And uh, so we saw, you know, people being more protected just by being away from each other and taking more precautions. I think now people are somewhat fatigued anecdotally. We know that people are a little fatigued between COVID and, and all the other vaccines. And some people just want to get back to normal life. And so that, you know, that mindset can lead to less frequent hand washing and, and you know, some of these other things that we've talked about. Uh, schools are wide open again, um, you know, so there are no re real restrictions on what happens in the school environment. So I think all those things and travel, travel is another thing. You know, I mean, as a board of health, we are still recommending if you are in tight spaces, uh, particularly what, you know, might constitute a bus ride, a plane ride, um, that you strongly consider wearing a mask just because of the flu activity, let alone the COVID activity. So, Kevin, my question is why I heard on the news um, just the other day that Ohio is in the lead with the flu. Yeah, the, uh, the largest number of cases here supposedly are in Ohio. Is, have you heard that, Kevin? Oh, I have not. I, you know, surveillance is not my particular end. Mm -hmm. uh, I usually get informed of that after our data people comb through some statistics. But, um, you know, I, it's got to be somewhere, right? And, and I know for COVID, um, you know, we are still behind the curve in terms of, uh, you know, the, the number of people who are vaccinated and who have been boosted. Uh, our numbers are not nearly as high as other states. So, Anecdotally, I guess it wouldn't be surprising, but you know, I'll have to take a look at that and see if I can find what, what that data uh, tells us. Mm -hmm. well, with regard to uh, immunities people have, uh, over the last couple of years, our, our flu cases have been down as everyone had been practicing sort of safer citizenry, I guess. Uh, but uh, if we have gone through two years where people have not been exposed to these viruses, could it be that uh, our immunity as a community is, is down lower and more susceptible to these viruses? 
Yes, I think, you know, I'm not a clinician, uh, just for the record, but I, I have heard medical professionals state that as a very viable reason as to why we might see things, uh, particularly with the spread of RSV, uh, which we can shift gears a little bit and get into that. And that's a respiratory uh, type of illness that can be very difficult for children. Um, and, you know, it's a common illness uh, in that mm -hmm. it typically produces cold-like symptoms and most people recover in a week or two. But for infants, older adults, people who have breathing difficulties, again, um, people who uh, were um, born prematurely, um, those with weakened immune systems, chronic lung disease, those are the kind of things that we worry about with RSV. So we're seeing a, quite a spread of it at the moment. How is RSV different than flu? Or is it part of the flu family, so to speak? Uh, it's a respiratory virus. So again, without being a doctor or a nurse, I could say maybe it's associated in, in some sort of a family tree kind of way. Um, but I don't know that the, with it, with most people getting over it very quickly and with mild cold-like symptoms, I would have to think that, you know, it, it has a different level of severity based on an audience as if we see with children mm -hmm. rather than, rather than flu, which is kind of an equal opportunity, right? It kind of goes after everybody very aggressively regardless of age. And Kevin, I, I, I'm curious to know, does the Board of Health track the number of uh, flu shots that are given in in the county or RS, I don't know if there are shots for RSV. Are there? Um, no, there is not a vaccine available at this time for RSV. Um, but to answer your, your first question, we can only keep track of the shots that we administer. Um, the healthcare systems um, don't share that with us uh, on a regular basis, but they, um, the Ohio Department of Health has statistics. Uh, the unfortunate piece with that is oftentimes it takes a while for the data to catch up. So um, we can get an approximation if we look at the data from the Ohio Department of Health, but it's certainly not a, a real-time look. What kind of outreach is there in some of the communities? Um, you know, I know in Cuyahoga County we have uh, the second poorest area uh, in the country in certain parts of the county, and um and a 67% illiteracy rate in certain parts of the county. And so I'm wondering um, if, if there is any kind of outreach with those areas to get their, get them um, vaccinated or immunized, whatever you would call it. Um, I, I can't speak, Kathy, to, to <clears throat> what could be a wide, more widespread effort, but I know in terms of what we've done as the Board of Health, um, particularly during COVID, we established a lot of relationships or we expanded existing relationships that we had uh, with organizations like the Salvation Army, uh, uh, the Cleveland Clergy Alliance, a uh, number of, of places where we could set up COVID clinics in the community. And uh, we are still doing that. And uh, we are offering flu shots as well at those locations. And we are reaching out and making sure that like the pastors in the clergy alliance are getting our flu reports and that they understand what the level of activity is. So we're doing what we can to produce, you know, uh, to produce the data that will inform, you know, people within the community. Um, but as I say, I would imagine if we talk to potentially maybe the county executive's office or, or another entity, there may be one of the foundations in town, there may be a mm -hmm. larger effort as well. When we talk about, um, people getting the flu and hospitalizations going up. 
What kind of symptoms are there that will drive a person to the hospital? What what are they having? Breathing issues? Or are they having fever issues or a combination? Or when does a person know it's time to go to the hospital? Well, I think it's sort of it's kind of like that thing when you look for anybody who's had a child and lived or lived with one. Um, you know, when you see them really slow down and become sort of lackadaisical and they look like they're fatigued and they're not eating well. Um, and, you know, a lot of laying around, uh, I think, as we talked about with that H3N2 being the dominant strain, uh, the fever can be higher. Uh, but I think the respiratory is, is a big component, particularly, um, as I said, Nick, if people have existing issues or for people who smoke, uh, you know, the flu is very dangerous, um, you know, for people who are regular smokers um, because it can manifest quickly, particularly without a vaccine in the body. And then, you know, as I said before, you know, we worry about pneumonia as an extension of the respiratory illness. So, yeah, I think those are some dangers we could certainly recognize. What What is a temperature, if you're measuring your temperature and you're worried about a fever, what temperature should you be really worried about? Uh, you know, I would probably have to Google that to be sure, but off the top of my head, I'm going to say in the upper levels of a 100 point leading to a 101. Um, but I would, maybe I'll Google this while we're talking to uh, to verify that. So I remember many, many years ago uh, as, a, as a mother of young children that the, the, the big number there was 104. At that point, you were really in a danger zone. And that was for children. Right. Because I heard that there's a lower temperature high point for adults. Like oh, really? if you go up to like 101 or 102, that could be... Dangerous. So anyway, if you you have a fever, you have the flu, you feel fatigued, you have congestion, be on alert. Uh, Kevin, does it matter much whether somebody has the flu, RSV, or COVID? And they, they're all out there. We we can get any of them or all of them. You you could, and I think you know that's the dangerous thing. You know, when we talk about the vaccines, Nick, and you and I talked about this, you know, as I say, for the past several seasons. You know, if you can do what you can to best fortify your immune system, to give it the best chance to work for you, that means that you've gotten the, you know, the most recent COVID booster because that new COVID booster is what they call bivalent, which means it has two, uh, two ways to protect you. One is it contains the, um, the strain from the original virus and then it contains the Omicron as well. So it gives you the best potential for protection. If you get the flu vaccine, you're protecting yourself, right? And if you do all those things that your mother told you, right, wash your hands, eat well, go to sleep when you should, get as much rest as you should, those are all things that you can do to help your body be protected. So if you're someone who doesn't have the latest COVID booster and doesn't have a flu vaccine and is, you know, getting out among the public quite a bit or you're working and you're around a lot of people, as I said before, if you smoke, those are all things that can present dangers uh, and put you in a precarious situation. So you know, our recommendation is you do what you can. And we know that the science dictates this. You know, this isn't just us at the Board of Health telling you what to do. This is based on decades and decades of, of scientific data that tells us these are the right, right ways to protect ourselves. Well, we're, we're just beginning what uh, is the normal beginning of the uh, cold and flu season. And people are going to be more indoors. We have the holiday season coming up. We've gone through Thanksgiving. We're coming for the Christmas holidays and New Year's. A lot of people together in houses, closed circumstances, closed rooms. So uh, things, things are looking like it's going to be a challenge and daunting. We're, we're going to take a short break. We're talking to uh, Kevin Brennan from the Cuyahoga County Board of Health, and we're going to be back after these words. 
uh, to have our final segment tonight talking about cold and flu and what you can do about it. We'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips and Kathy Lux. Stay Here with us. Welcome back to The Advocate. This is our final segment. I'm Nick Phillips. And we're here with Kathy Lux. Kathy Lux. And we're talking to Kevin Brennan from the Cuyahoga County Board of Health. And we're talking about the cold and flu season. And we have quite a doozer of a flu season going now. And it's just the beginning. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. And, and so, Kevin, you know, I, I, we we're talking about all of the things that people can do to try and stay healthy. Um, but, you know, I wanted to bring up the fact that I think after the two years of, of COVID and all of the daily discussions about vaccines and masking and shutdowns and all of it, I think that people have fatigue with the whole thing. And I think a lot of people just kind of are throwing their hands up in the air and saying, I get, you know, I give up. Um, I don't know what there is to do to counter that. Do you? You know, not necessarily from a from an active standpoint, other than I think, Kathy, some of this comes back to, unfortunately, what we saw during COVID. Uh, once the the virus became sort of a political football for some point, and then people started to drop off and, and become disbelievers in, in the value of the vaccines and the system, um, you know, that, that presented a real problem. And I think, you know, that what happened is people ended up getting sick. And then some people reacted based on the fact that they were seeing their neighbors, their coworkers, their family members become ill. And, you know, for some of them, that was the thing that flipped the switch. Um, we hope that it doesn't come to that. We hope that we can appeal to people that, you know, if we think back to years past and really not that far, just maybe four or five years ago, you know, as a country, we were we were in somewhat of a rhythm in terms of getting our flu vaccinations and and being more, you know, compliant with with some of these vaccine you know, recommendations. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I think that, you know, we have to recall where we've been, not only, you know, the, the immediate past, but we have to go back a little bit and remember the value of that, sure. you know, of, of the vaccines. And, and you know, I recall, too, when, when we had, you know, the issues with COVID, a lot of us, you know, were working remotely or, you know, whatever our case was. But as we stated before, illness levels were down. So yeah. it was it was nice to go through a winter and not have a cold and not have the flu. So, right? And so we're mm -hmm. back to the, the only the only thing that we can recommend, the best thing we can recommend are the vaccines. And, and again, as you stated, you know, very well, people are tired of it. But I don't know that there's another way that you can better protect yourself. And, you know, I do in-home health care work and I see so much. Um, people getting COVID that are vaccinated and, and that word has traveled and spread. And that I think is having a counter effect in terms of wanting to keep going for the boosters and all of this um, because they're oh, yeah. still getting sick. Yeah. I think Nick and I have talked about that, you know, and it even holds true for flu, you know, um, the strains, you know, that are out there are multiple, right? There, there are many that can, that can get you. And so, you know, early on in that first year of COVID vaccine, you know, the strains were still developing and mutating. We remember the word mutation, right? Mm -hmm. Changing and, and changing into different, different ways they could attack us. And so as that happens, the vaccine was not current enough, right? And so I think now with, as we stated, this new bivalent booster, we've reached a point where we have the best defense that we've had probably all along. 
Um, so, and with flu, you know, as it was with really any vaccine, they're not guarantees that you're not going to get sick. It's really, we're just looking to lower your symptoms, lower your chances to become hospitalized and really protect you from unfortunately becoming a fatality. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've heard that, uh, even going back to the COVID days, we're talking about COVID vaccines. And I know that we have this constant, uh, battle with human nature and the human frustration of fatigue versus the science that, uh, unfortunately, uh, is reality for, for the most part. And we talk about political things with regard to what is reality, what is truth. And the science is debatable now. I, I mean, there, it depends on who you listen to, right? Well, Kathy will have you bring on somebody who's going to talk about it from that standpoint. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your input, and you've been with us for over two years now talking about what's going on at the Cuyahoga County Board of Health, which is a scientific group. Good information, Kevin. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you both for having me. I really appreciate it. We appreciate you enabling us to get the the word out. Well, it's good for all of us in our listening audience to hear. So thank you very much. And we'll have you on maybe next month to get an update, see how we're doing. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So for now, good night. Goodbye. Take care, everybody. And we'll see you next week. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset, sat and drank my fresh mint tea, with nothing to do until morning, and only my mind for company. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.